you caught you caught me doing my my forced perspective thing. I was like trying like like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like how Gandalf is always sitting closer to the camera than Frodo, so he looks huge. But I was trying like if I bring my head back a little, my shoulders forward, do I look bigger? And I think I do. But I also look like I'm in a body your, cast. It makes your head look too small. Really? It doesn't make my doesn't make me look swole. Well, I guess, but at the expense of your head. So it's like the opposite of what happened to Barry Bonds. Yes. Who belongs in the Hall of Fame, by the way. Um, okay, so David, if there's anything our show is known for, it's giving advice to drug smugglers. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's probably it. That's the thing. And uh, jewel thieves. Yeah, them too. Okay. But if there's a third thing our show is known for, it's sports. But if there's a fourth thing that our show is known for... Awkward silences? Yes. And if there's a fifth thing our show is known for... Interruptions? Okay, I wasn't going to go with that, but that actually bumped it up the list to five. Okay, but if there's a sixth thing our show is known for, let me just finish the thought. It's a Guinness World Record discussion. So I have three Guinness World Record uh, activities that happened this week. Okay, these all happened this week. That all happened this week or maybe within the past couple weeks. And changing your story, Montague. Well, I think they have this week. Some don't have a date, but the story was published this week. Gotcha. Okay. And so, one set a Guinness World Record. Okay. One is in the process of being verified by Guinness World Records. Okay. And one was a fail. Hmm. Did not achieve a Guinness World Record. So, I'm going to give you just a little blip on each one, and I want you to tell me which one succeeded, which one's still under review. And which one failed? All right. Okay. Hit me with it. I'm so good at this game that we've never played before. All right. Here's the headline from number one. Uh, Stuntman does jumping jacks on fire at Nicolas Cage Festival. He attempted to set the world Guinness World Record for most jumping jacks while on fire. Okay. That is Guinness World Record attempt number one. Are you sure it wasn't Nicolas Cage himself doing that? <laughs> no. It Well... Good question. Let's explore that in a minute. Uh, number two, a German town tried to set the Guinness World Record for most Smurfs gathered in one location. Most people dressed as Smurfs gathered in one location. Now I'm with you. You lost for, me for a second. For because I know the Smurfs don't come out until March. For reference, the previous Guinness World Record for most Smurfs. United in one place was 2,500 or is or could be 2,510 Smurfies. And where was that? Where did it, that happen? Where, it, the, in the United Kingdom in 2009. All right. Not America. Awesome. It's one of those times where I'm glad that it was in America that all won right. something. Story number three. Okay. Cat machines. Caterpillar. Tractors. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caterpillar machines. Set new record, or do they, <laughs> playing the world's largest game of Jenga? Okay. You're on the clock, David. Is it the, first of all, which, which Guinness World Record was set? Was it the Caterpillar machines playing Jenga, the Smurfs uniting in Germany, or the man on fire doing jumping jacks? Jenga game? was the record that was set, the Smurfs are under review, 
and the man, the jumping man on fire, it failed. Ding, ding, ding. Boom! Boom! I told you I was good at this game. 100%. Nice. Right. Let's take them in that order. Can I see the pictures now? You've been hiding this from me. Yes. That is indeed a big game of Jenga. <laughs> yeah. So for our, our video audience. Yeah, here we go. Um, so the company Caterpillar spent 28 hours playing a game of Jenga with um, Jenga blocks that they made that measured 8 feet long, 2 feet wide, and, and 1 feet tall. Uh, so these, I think they were scaled correctly as Jenga pieces, and they weighed, each block weighed 600 pounds. Whoa, that's heavy. Uh, and there were five different machines. There was the, uh, let's see. Did they name them? They didn't give them really cool names, but there were such mas- machines such as the 320E Excavator, the TH-514C Telehandler. Rolls off the tongue. The 22... 22- the 277D multi-terrain loader. Oh, the loader. It's the a good M316D one. material handler. What? The M316 participated? Game over. And the 349E excavator. Oh, I thought they would have gone with the D there, but they went with the E. They Interesting the choice. E. Interesting choice. Uh, so they had five machines playing. They went several rounds. The, the Jenga uh, tower got up to 20 feet tall, and uh, somehow it took 28 hours to play a game, <laughs> game of Jenga. I would, I, they only have like a two minute video. I'm not going to play it now because it would be disruptive for us, but. Uh, so what, disrupting? What? Yeah. Uh, but I guess congratulations. This was mostly a publicity stunt. Was it? Yeah. Um, Cause who, I'm sure a lot of the guys that buy these machines are like, wait, next time we need to play Jenga on the site with this giant Jenga blocks that don't exist, we could use our cat machines. Get rid of John Deere. Get rid of all John Deere. Let's just go with cat machines, caterpillar machines. Why? Because they can play Jenga. Yeah. All right. So attempt uh, number two, the one, the one that is still under review, the Germans. So, so let me go. My thinking process yeah. was thus. Yeah, totally. I yeah. think it's really easy to like count people as they're coming in. Maybe you got a clicker. You're counting. You're counting. You're counting. How many entrances were there? Did they get mixed up? Are, is there video evidence they have to review? So I imagine the review process is a little more lengthy for something like this. Yeah. And that's, that's almost exactly right because they, they have a very strict rule in order to be counted. Participants couldn't show any non blue skin. So you had to be caked in blue from head to toe for any part of your body that was showing. Um, and, Get over yourself, Guinness. And you had to be dressed as either Papa Smurf, of course, or Smurfette. What? You couldn't come as Gargamel. What? You couldn't come as a, a tertiary Smurf. What? I guess you had to have legit Smurf costumes. And what's wrong with the other Smurfs? I guess they didn't want someone coming from like a Blue Man convention just wandering through. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so they had they have what they counted. As 2,762, which would put them uh, 250 or so Smurfs over the the current world record, which was set in the United Kingdom in t- 2009. Um, interesting that this record was attempted in 2016 and failed. Where? So it's not just by the same group, apparently. Oh, in really? Germany. Yeah. They're persistent. So they will not let the Smurfs... Get them down. Please tell me this group has a long, complicated German name that's one word, but a bunch of words smashed together into one word and has the word Smurf in it. Please tell me that. I can't tell you that, but their name is Da Traditionsverein. Ah. Traditionsverein? I Can guess I see it? Yeah. Sounds like they just go around creating records or something. 
setting traditions. I don't know. German's weird. So there was a guy. He's a, a former stuntman for Nicolas Cage. Apparently, there's this there's this Nicholas Cage festival every year in Michigan. I'm surprised there are not more. It's called the Uncaged Festival. Makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> they get together and they uh, they watch movies. I imagine um, uh, Nicholas Cage movies. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, Just taking a guess at that. Yeah, they uh, they they watch his feature films. Of course, they watch uh, performances of songs, skits, and poetry inspired by Cage. Now I don't know if that means that he's the uh, like the subject matter of those skits, or he was the one who actually uh, created those. I imagine there's a hodgepodge of Nicolas yeah. Cage inspired and actual material that they all like, get this stuff from. Yeah. So the um, the previous record or the current record because he obviously failed uh, was is thirty thirty jumping jacks while on fire, uh, and he courageously got to twelve. Um, I don't mean to laugh at a guy who failed like like he was on fire. Yeah, like that's pretty. Intense. And the video is horrifying. Um, let's just watch it. Oh no, you're gonna make me watch this live? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So everyone's excited. All these cage fans are excited. Yeah, I'm gonna fast forward to the. Okay. Oh! Oh my goodness! Okay, wait, oh. wait, back, back, back. Okay, he's about to be lighted right now. You mean he's about to be lit? I mean he's yes. about to be lit. One, two, three. That's a big ball of flame. That's a big flame ball. Some people are counting on the up. Some people are counting on the down. This is confusing. Oh. Okay, so he's at nine, and he just like walks away. Let me. I guess he's catching a breath or something. But like in my head, I'm thinking, put him out, right? Like, what's he doing? You know what I think? I think. When the flames are engulfing you like that, you don't have any oxygen. So you have to walk uh. to get the flames behind you so you can breathe. So, so then he does like three more. Oh, did he just explode? No, he walked through some balloons that caught on fire. Whoa. And so then some he balloons, just, so and some then balloons he... had helium. When when the flames hit the helium balloons, the balloons went up and made this explosion. Yeah. This was better than every Nick Cage movie I have ever seen. Except for National Treasure. Yeah. And then he, he hits the ground. He lays down on the ground and they, uh, they use the fire extinguisher to put him out. So valiant effort. Um... I don't care how much you train for something like this, like flames around you while you're trying to like 30, 30 jumping jacks minimum. I mean, if you're a good jumping jacker, that's like at least a second per jack, right? Maybe you can squeeze in one and a half jacks per second. Maybe. So we're still talking about like 20 seconds of on fire. That's true. Yeah. So kudos to this dude for trying. Um, I'm surprised he didn't get his face to melt off. Face off. Like face off. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a great time to end the segment on the joke. Okay. This is Subjectively Correct Sports, the only show in the universe featuring David and Anthony. Giving you sports and other stuff like people on fire doing jumping jacks. Please like our videos on YouTube. We're still uh, doing clips of the show there. Thanks to Adam Henderson who's throwing those up for us. We appreciate that. And uh, make sure you're uh, subscribed to our podcast wherever you get podcasts and leave us a review. Give us a five star review. We would love that. We'd love to hear from you at 
www.subjectivelycorrect.com. Well, we can't hear from you there, but that's a great place to go to find our uh, podcast. We don't hear anything that happens we don't. on that website. But email us at subjectivelycorrect at gmail.com. So, Anthony, we have a lot of stuff to get into. We have interesting stories. We You disagree? Yeah, well, no, we have stuff to get into, stuff that might get us in a little bit of trouble. Um, but first, I think we should talk about the scandal that's rocking the nation right now. Okay. Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper <gasps> shared a crazy moment at the Oscars, and no one's talking about it the right way. So here at Subjectively Correct Sports, of course, is your source for this Oscars information. Have you seen the video of them performing at the Oscars? Uh, no. Let's just say it was emotional and let's just say one of the participants seemed to be feeling the emotion a little more than the other now bradley cooper who's singing is overrated in the song by the way is uh lady gaga not so much she crushes it but bradley cooper and she performed right it was a big deal the song was playing and then they hold hands and walk up to the stage and then they're singing the song he starts off like being away from the piano and singing to her and she's like sits down at the piano and starts playing and singing her part. It sounds amazing. Eventually, he sits next to her, right? Uh-huh. And here's where the scandal comes in. Lady Gaga is not in a relationship that I know of. Bradley okay. Cooper is married. Oh, not to Lady Gaga. No, like straight up married to somebody else. Okay. Don't ask me who that is. I don't know. I haven't read Teen Beat Magazine in like two months, so I have no idea. So, when he sits down at the piano, he gets real close so that they can share the same microphone that is set up on the piano. Like right? us. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. But, okay, look, it was mm. closer than this. Okay. And probably more uncomfortable. Tell me when to stop. Now. Tell me when to stop. Then. Tell me when. <laughs> Five seconds Should I turn ago, my hat back? Ten seconds ago. Like a, okay. Fifteen seconds ago. Stop. Fifteen, twenty seconds ago. Okay. So, when Bradley Cooper sits down next to her and she finishes her part singing, they look at each other and she does this. And I'll do it to the camera so I don't have to do it to you. Okay. But she turns back up. So, she turns her head a little and goes in. Uh. For like a kiss, right? Okay. And you can see if you're very observant, I consider myself fairly observant. Bradley Cooper gives her one of these. I'll, I'll try to do it to the camera. He goes, and then they start <gasps> singing right away. Oh it's no! It's such a fast moment. But if you're watching, wait for when Bradley Cooper sits down at the piano, just as Lady Gaga is finishing her solo part, and they're about to sing together. You will see that moment, and it is absolutely so. So he's he, he's surprised. He looks a little surprised and a little bit like, Mm-mm. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, not here, not now. Oh. Which begs the question. Begs it. Is something going on between Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper? Mm, well, she's Lady Gaga and he's Bradley Cooper, so... What does that mean? What in the world could that possibly mean? <laughs> he's very self-explanatory. You just named them. Yeah. I mean, res ipsa loquitur, David. Okay, for those of us that didn't go to Stanford Law School, what does that mean? Uh, the thing speaks for itself. So, there you go. Okay. Uh, I have no inside info, shockingly, about this. I do have my contacts in um, a drawer in my bathroom, but I also have contacts in the entertainment industry. You made a contact lens joke, didn't you? I did. That was so deflating. I feel as deflated as a New England Patriots football. More on more on Patriots breaking rules in a minute. <laughs> Patriots controversy, nonstop, 24-7. Right? Uh, I don't know. I, I'll have to watch the video. I don't, I'm not up to date on this controversy. I will show you after the show, and you're going to be <laughs> like, whoa, David to. was right. Yeah. There's something going on there. At least 
This it's at least one sided. Yeah. At least one side of this this duo is like. Imagine if they would have kissed on stage. I d- oh, okay. I'm imagining it. Oh, oh my goodness! Could yeah, you ima- could well, you believe what happened? Imagine what the crowd would have done. They would have freaked out. We would have gotten gifs for days of women in the audience going. Wait, <gasps> wait, wait! Stop. You just said gif. Yeah. Uh, pretty sure it's a gif. No, and by pretty, I mean hundred percent. And what? Why do you call it a gif? And because why do you think hundred percent? Cre- it's a gif because the creator of the gif says it's a gif. Pretty sure he's a gif. Mm, look it up. No, because the G stands for graphic. Right? Graphic. So, yes, yes, and so everyone thought that's how they should say it. But he actually came out and said, "Actually, I've always pronounced it gif." That's fine. That's fine. If that's the case. I take back everything I've ever said about you. That's false. What do you say about me that's false? And to Let's whom? give pronunciation. That's going to come back with just a bunch of silly internet debates. Let's like see. if water is wet. No, water is not wet. And, water and, is the thing that makes and, you wet. It's not. And it's gif. So there you go. You can't do that. You can't just look. I can do it's that too. Gif. You ready? Oh, I can do that too. You ready? Done. I can do that too. And I'll put in my code. Uh, put it okay. I haven't. I didn't watch any. I don't think I watched any. Uh, what were the Oscar-nominated movies? Oh, it's like GIF. Best, best Pictures. I can do it too. Okay. What were were there any that I actually would have seen? No. Okay. Well, Black Panther, which I didn't think was good. Oh. <gasps> it's probably my the only Marvel movie of the like since they started with the Avengers plots. Right. So so not not the, counting any Fantastic Four movies. Not the Eric Bana Hulk. Yeah, that was, um, was not. Good. But it's yeah, it's it's the only current generation of Marvel movies that I wasn't mm, that impressed with. Mm, didn't do it for me. Interesting. I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Well, apparently, a lot of people liked it. Yeah. Nominated for Best Picture and made tons of money. Of course, and that's what I what I really don't like is when people say something like this, like, "Oh, I I actually didn't like that movie." When people are like, "You're an idiot. You're stupid. You don't know what you're talking about." Like, it's totally subjective. Yeah. Right? So you may love that movie. I may not like it. Right? Or vice versa. Whatever. It's all a case-by-case, individual preference kind of a thing. So if you run into those people that are like, you didn't like this movie? Huh? Just remember, it's an opinion thing and it doesn't matter. So anyway, okay. uh, we're 18 and a half minutes into the show. What? Do you want to talk about sports? Or do you want to just keep rolling with what we're going with? Because I have some ideas about costume design. Okay. Let's go. Let's transition um neatly into sports cool a little disappointed but cool okay cool 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 so bryce harper is still a free agent yeah i thought he was signed for three million and one dollars by now but three hundred million and one dollar there's a report that he will not be a free agent uh by the end of this week but who's reporting that it's bob nightingale of the usa today who uh, gets owned a lot on these predictions. It's a good thing his last name start, <laughs> ends with L, Nightingale, because that's all he takes. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, anyways, yeah. D- don't follow him if you want accurate breaking baseball news. Why are we taking out he's, this poor guy? <laughs> he's pretty good at breaking down contracts after they've been signed. Gotcha. Um, so he's not one of those that's on the beat, like, getting good inf- inside he's information. He's not a Woj. He's yeah. not a Woj, or a, I think Buster Olney breaks more stuff than... I, I think Buster Olney uh, is more of the Woj of baseball. Who is the Woj of baseball? Olney, probably? Uh, Ken Rosenthal. Yeah, yeah, Rosie. Yeah. So, uh, he's not signed, but he has offers on the table. 
Okay. Of course. I think he's had offers he's on the table offer, for but, months, right? But, but there's at least uh, three teams that are actually pursuing him, and one team that we didn't think, that we thought had kind of backed out, right? So the Phillies have had a standing offer to Bryce mm-hmm. Harper. We don't know the exact numbers, the exact length. Everyone hypothesizes it's 10 years and $300 plus million. Well, it has to be now that Machado has set the ceiling. Yeah. I mean, set the floor kind of for, for Harper. And uh, the Giants are also interested. Uh, but they'd be looking at a shorter deal because their GM and pres- their president of baseball operations is Zarhan, no, Farhan Zaidi, who was the previous Dodgers GM. I had some Zaidi the other <laughs> night. It was so good. I just threw an amount of mozzarella sauce on top. Mm, it was perfect. And he, like Andrew Friedman, who's the president of baseball uh, operations for the Dodgers, um, does not like the long-term high-value contracts, mm. right? They're they're smart GMs, right? Sure. At least the perception is that they're smart. Yeah. They're smart with the owner's money. So they're an owner's GM, basically. Yeah, not make, a fan's GM. They're very profitable. Okay. They make teams very profitable. Um, and some owners, that's all they care and, about. And, and how, how much the Dodgers value Andrew Friedman versus Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts is making in the hundreds of thousands. And Andrew Friedman makes about $7 million a year. So the manager is making a hundred, like in the hundred thousands, he's making less yeah, than Yeah, he seven just got figures. a contract extension. He may be over a million now, but at least the past few years, he's been making in the, you know, I don't know, less than a million dollars, okay, a year. Hmm. And uh, the guy who's essentially his boss, right, who's putting together the game plan and who's in charge of their whole farm system. I mean, he's got a lot on his plate, right? These That's baseball. A lot. And we don't think about that very much. Like you you bringing that up rem- you got hundreds of players that you have to yes. keep tabs on and And four really four different teams that you're looking at constantly and you're constantly having to Oh, that must be one of the busiest jobs in sports. Yeah. I can't imagine. It's a huge baseball organizations are huge, yeah. right? And do they have do they have like I know they have assistant GMs. Do they have a GM for each affiliate? Right? So like AAA mm-hmm. has a GM or at least a, a, a vice president or like a vice GM. Whatever at each organization at each I, level because that's a lot of work for one dude or two dudes. I don't GM know. and vice GM. I don't know if they have GMs, but I mean they have scouts at every level. They have international scouts. They have so it, these guys really have to trust their scouts then because mm-hmm. there's no way they can be at all these games. They yeah. have to look at numbers and then trust the scouts. No, essentially they're saying these are the type of players we want. Yeah. Right. These they have their certain metrics that they they like more than others. Basically, the, find me this. Find me mm-hmm. a left-handed power hitter who doesn't strike out a lot in our organization. And they yeah. say, okay, here's the guy we're going to focus on then because this is the guy you described. Yeah, interesting. I mean, we don't think about that when you think about professional sports organizations because baseball is unique in that it's like four layers of a baseball team that you have to look at. Mm-hmm. It's like in high school when you have the varsity, the JV, the sophomore team, and the freshman team. But yeah. you have to manage all of that that's going on and their contracts and their salaries and all this stuff that's going on. That's right, yeah. Uh, and so Machado finally signed. We talked about that last week. The right? daddies. Uh, there's a few pitchers that are still unsigned. I think Dallas Keuchel is, is still out there. And mm-hmm. uh, there are rumors still that the Indians want to trade Kimbrel. Um, but for the most part, I, you know, a lot of the big names are off the table. But Harper remains. And Harper, uh, he's had this this offer from the Phillies, and we've not really known like who else really is going hard after him. Like, why hasn't he signed a deal with the Phillies? Spring training has started. Games are being played. Like, it's weird that he's not in a clubhouse somewhere. Yeah. And then news breaks yesterday that the Dodgers met with... The Dodgers. The Dodgers met with... Bryce Harper in Las Vegas, his hometown, and it was uh, Andrew Friedman, 
I think it was maybe one of the owners as well, and Dave Roberts, the manager. And um, they said they had some good conversations. No contract. Uh, but the details that came out was that they are still pushing for a shorter-term deal. So think five years or less with probably an opt-out after one or two or three years. And um, a higher per year what? Are you bored with this? No, no, I'm not bored. I just know that if I don't say anything for the next half hour, you could talk Dodgers baseball no. for the next half hour. No, you really could. No, no, no. Like, I'm, I'm saying just that... recapping. I've set the table. Right, right. But I'm saying, I'm saying that so that I can eat off of it. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm just saying, like, you know more about the Dodgers and their situation than I know about any team in sports. Period. And baseball is a really hard sport to follow for a lot of the reasons that we just talked about. Like, you know about their farm system. You know about all Gavin these Lux. Things. One to watch in 2021. See, that's the thing. Like, I just mentioned farm system, and you had a name for me for 2021. Like, that's insane to me. And diehard baseball fans get that kind of stuff. And you're a dying breed, I think. I think the diehard baseball fan is disappearing in America. Uh, yeah. Well, if if it ever existed, like, I mean, I mean... What do you mean? Like, people, baseball was the thing. No, baseball's the thing, but like... I don't know how much people were really paying attention to farm system just because there wasn't that much info out there, right? Right, but like now, you, now that we're in the information age, yeah, a so, baseball's appeal is dropping so, a little so bit. So it's a weird, it's a weird time because you have so much more information available to you now, but interest is is lower than it used to be just because there's so much uh, else, right? They're gonna fix it this year. They're gonna do a pitch count, pitch count. pitch clock. I mean, we'll see. So pitch clock problem solved. Millennials come back to baseball. There's a clock now. And if you if you don't pitch by the time the clock expires, it's a technical foul. No, I think they throw a flag. Okay. Uh, yellow card. <laughs> Great band, by the way. Sad to see him go. Do they go? Yeah, they broke up. Okay. Well, almost as bad as the uh, Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga breakup. They didn't break up. They just were never. They were never together. Mm-hmm. They just had to act like they were together. And I wasn't really following that story. Apparently, Lady Gaga forgot they were acting for a minute because things got serious up on that stage. So if you're Bryce Harper... Serious. And you have... Uh, let's just put some fake numbers out there. Fun. Uh, you have a, ten, a Googleplex. Let's say you have a 10-year, $350 million contract on the table from the Phillies. Okay? Young team, a lot of promise. Division isn't that great. You have the Mets, the Nationals... Who, if the Nationals, and we've been saying for like 10 years, can never put it together, they'd be dangerous, but they can't. Yeah. Uh, and you've got, who else is in the NL East? The Marlins? The Braves? The Braves. No, they're in the South. No, East. My bad. Uh, and so the... I'm sleepy. So the Braves are probably the favorite, with the Phillies close behind. And uh, so you got $350 million, 10 years from the, from the Phillies. Or do you go with a West Coast team closer to your hometown, like the Giants or the Dodgers? Let's just... The Giants may end up getting them. I don't know. Let's put them aside. Let's just say the Dodgers. And let's say the Dodgers offer you... <laughs> let's say the Dodgers offer you a five-year, um, $200 million contract uh, with an opt-out after two years. All right, so that's $40 million a year versus $35 million a year. You could opt out when you're 28 versus you're under contract until you're 36. Um, you're with a team that's ready to win now in, in the Dodgers. They've been in the World Series twice. You maybe factor that in. Do you have World Series fatigue? Is there some regression? Um, does Justin Turner finally stop hitting? Um, probably not. Does, does Clayton Kershaw finally break down for good? Possible. 
possible. Very possible. In fact, he's in a, he's in a he's taking it day to day as we speak. Yeah. So. Um, and so weighing all those things, guaranteed long term money versus guaranteed short term but less money, but more per year, and possibly with the chance to have a bigger contract or or a big contract that gives you more money over the course of your career. What would what what's your thought process like? What what goes through your mind as you think about that? If I'm Bryce Harper, I look at LeBron James. Okay? Not similar players in, in, in that LeBron James is an instant dynasty no matter where he goes. We could demand a lot more. But if I'm Bryce Harper, I look at that situation like what Kevin Durant has done and what LeBron James has done in the NBA because he's that level of he has that level of recognition in baseball and he has that level of ability almost in baseball. He can't quite affect the game like those guys can because he's playing a sport where one player can't quite affect the game as much yeah, as they can. You're but, one of nine. Exactly. That only gets up to bat four times, maybe five times a game. Mm-hmm. But if I'm him, I look at that situation and I say, I take a shorter contract for more money with a player option so that I have the power. Like Manny Machado, good for him. He's getting paid. And apparently that's all he cared about because he doesn't care where he's playing, apparently, because now he's under contract for 10 years. And he's at the, he's at basically, he, he's under the power of whatever organization holds that contract. Yeah. Bryce Harper, if I see that, I'm thinking, I want to have more control over my legacy and how I'm viewed, and the money's going to come no matter what, no matter where I go, plus the endorsements that he gets. Mm-hmm. So money, I don't think, is as much of a consideration for Bryce Harper. So if I'm him, I'm thinking what I would do, honestly, is go to a championship-ready team, because once you get that World Series, you're golden. Like we saw with LeBron James, he got his he got his uh, championships in... Uh, in Miami, then he went back to Cleveland. Once he got that championship, his legacy was set. If Bryce Harper goes to a championship-ready team like the Dodgers, helps them get a World Series, I mean, you would love that, and then he opted out of his contract. I wouldn't sleep for a month. Right? No, for real. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to sleep for a month either because I'd get tweets every two seconds about how what Bryce Harper looks like in a Dodgers uniform. This is the away uniform. This is the alternate uniform. This is him throwing the ball with his left hand. This is him catching a ball with his right hand. This is him hitting a ball. This is him hitting another ball. Anyway, not like that's ever happened, except for the last week when I got a... For some reason, I got play-by-play of Dodger spring training games. You didn't like that? Well, no, I did not. <laughs> okay. I thought I made that abundantly clear. Well, all right. Teach his own. Right. Well, tell you what. If they have a big game regular season, which mm-hmm. will happen in, like, I don't know, August, go ahead and send me the feed. Okay. Maybe I'll come over and watch a big game with you. Okay. But if I'm Bryce Harper, I kind of take the LeBron and KD stance to my contracts where I go for short-term deals where I have player options where I have the power and I'm getting paid the maximum amount of money yeah I think him and Mike Trout might be the only two position players who could demand those kinds of contracts mm-hmm. yeah because it's, it's a weird situation where they both started in the big so young, Super that, young. that they're now in their mid-20s and uh, and and they're free agents right yeah, and Which they're usually, like seven-year vets usually a team will have control for like six years and if you've come out after college you're like in your late 20s by the time you actually have a say over where you go and how much you're paid uh so if i'm if i'm Russ harper i guess i'm thinking okay 300 plus million dollars guaranteed that's nice that's like life-changing money but he already has life-changing money right i mean in addition to his contract which is probably decent right now he's got the off the field stuff right (laughs) if you took a short-term deal with the dodgers you'd be in la and you'd be the instant face of the dodgers so something the dodgers haven't had in recent years really since manny ramirez is like someone you have to stop what you're doing to watch right there was a brief moment when yasiel came up his like first month in the league where you're like 
this guy's kind of crazy and he could do anything. And I think his first like three or four games, he hit a home run in each of those games. And so there were there was a moment where it was it was almost must see TV. But and then they started throwing him curveballs. <laughs> he is really like that guy in Major League. Who hits a bunch of home runs and they found yeah, out he yeah. can't hit the curveball? Uh, uh, Forget uh, you, Jobu. For, yeah. Uh, I do it uh, myself. Serrano. Pedro Serrano. Yes. <laughs> he was basically like real life Pedro Serrano. Yeah. He even licked his bat and stuff. Yeah, exactly. The similarities. They're uncanny. Um, and so... They probably didn't get that movie in Cuba, though. So it's probably all Yasiel. You would be... The, 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 the Dodger fan base is super underrated. I mean, there there are... In terms of the size. Like, it, oh, it's, yeah. It's massive, and it travels. Uh, there's a whole section of Dodger Stadium that travels to the away games. We ran into them in, in uh, the game here in Dallas. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. They were, like, yelling stuff. There was a guy yelling Spanish stuff that we were able to pick up on because we both speak Spanish. That was a lot of fun. And so whatever money he might give up over the long, a long-term deal, he would make so quickly in off-field endorsements by being a star in LA. If his if his performance matches what he's been able to do to this point in the league, uh, he his the endorsements will will shadow what he's doing right now. And he's got some national stuff, right? He's Gatorade athlete, he's an Under Armour athlete. Um, but even even more than that, it, it would come just by virtue of being a star in LA. Right. And I think and honestly, this I know is, this is me trying to make the pitch to Bryce Harper. And when he hears this, it might influence we him. We know you're a listener, Bryce. Right. Do the right thing. Vegas strong. So I'm going to agree with you on what Bryce Harper should do. It makes a lot more sense to go to a contender right now, but keep some of the power for yourself so that you can sign where you want and you can still make good money. I don't think signing a short-term deal now for him is going to hit his future earning yeah. potential. Especially if he thinks he's undervalued, right? As if, if, he's, if he thinks he's worth 10 years, 400, 500 million dollars, and he's being offered 10 years, 300, 350 million dollars, um, once the contract's signed, it's you can't do anything about it for 10 years, right? right? So that's why I said Manny Machado's basically handcuffed to that contract he signed. And so if you think you're worth much more, handcuffed to 300 million dollars. <laughs> you think oh, you're no. much more, worth much more, take the short-term deal, make 80, 100 million dollars over the next 2 years and then do it again and, and prove everyone wrong over the next 2 years. And he could do it, especially if he's got protection in, around him in the lineup and he's going to have protection if he comes to play in L.A. with Muncie and Seager and Bellinger and Justin Turner, he's going to have hitters around him, so he'll get pitches to hit in L.A. Well, I lost, so here we go. So, okay. Uh, oh, the inventor of the uh, GIF uh, mistakenly pronounces it as GIF. So... He's been corrected, I think, now and probably says GIF. But just wanted to throw that out there. The majority of the intellectual world says GIF. Um, not everyone uh, can be right 100% of the time. So just wanted to put that out there. You did zero research. I've been sitting right next to you this whole time. You did not do any additional research. I mean, I'm sorry to call you out like that. But... I took your side. No, you didn't. Yeah, I said he calls it a GIF. Yes, and then you said he was wrong and admitted to being wrong. Oh. You're not going to... Well, I'm sure that happened. You're not going to wab it I'm season. I'm sure that happened. You are not going to wab it season, duck season, this I'm guy. I'm sure in his heart he knows he's wrong. Okay, so you know what people are feeling and thinking now? What am I thinking right now? I can't say that on air, David. No, you're pretty good at this. 
So the subject that we played paper, rock, scissors to try to bring up and what I lost was this whole Jupiter, Florida situation with a certain... Out of this world. Because it's a planet. It's Jupiter. You're, you're really trying to avoid this conversation, huh? <laughs> Just wait till later in the show. Mm. So Robert Kraft got caught with his pants down. Oh, David. So there's a big scandal going on in the NFL right now because Robert Kraft was caught. Uh, and th- this spread like wildfire on Friday. In fact, one of my fellow teachers showed it to me. I-, I had seen it during my lunch break, and she showed me, like, did you see this? Like, in the middle of a meeting. She was running the meeting. So it was kind of a big deal. And I know it was. Well, we weren't, like, in the middle of the meeting. It was, like, part of the thing where we were just, like, planning, uh, lesson planning and stuff like that. So she wasn't interrupting or anything like that, like I said. But I th- it was such big news and such a big deal that, like, everyone was talking about it that had a spare second, right? Okay. So Robert Kraft is caught... Um, soliciting prostitution in Jupiter, Florida, as part of a uh, sting against this uh, sex trafficking operation that they had found and they had been following for a while. By they, I mean the law enforcement in Jupiter, Florida. So I don't know if it was just a like a coincidence that they happened to catch Robert Kraft on film. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure when they did, they were like, oh my gosh, is that the owner of the Patriots? Is that Robert Kraft? And I, I don't know if it was just a happy accident or if I don't, I don't know if he was a person of interest and then they followed him and they were like, yeah. okay, there, you know what I mean? So I don't know how that all went down, but all I do know is, uh, Robert Kraft has a very interesting and unique situation going on. The and only he's time, super icky. Yes. Icky is the word. Icky. So, the, uh, uh, the question, the, the only other situation like this, but it's not even apples to apples is what happened with the Clippers owner whose name I'm spacing right now. Donald Sterling. Donald, Donald, Donald Sterling and the whole Viviano situation, which I think is hilarious. That is the only comparison I can make. And this guy, this Clippers owner, Donald Sterling, was kind of pressured into or forced to sell his team. Yeah. So, And that was for making uh, racial comments, right? And for having pretty much proven racial discrimination in his housing Sure. Yeah, his his off the field uh, business investments. Yeah. Yeah. That that I think he wouldn't wouldn't uh, was it wouldn't rent uh, to uh, to African Americans or so, something like that. There was some some racial d- discrimination. Going and it on. had been yeah. documented long enough that it, it was almost indisputable that this pattern of behavior basically yeah. constituted him being discriminatory. So the legality of this for two weeks in a row. We get to tap into Anthony's legal expertise. And when this news broke, we were talking back and forth quite a bit about it and texting about it because it was the news of the day, news of the weekend. What is going to happen to Robert Kraft legally? Okay, so if it hasn't happened already, I know they were talking about it this morning. Because he's not a resident of of Jupiter, Florida, he does have a home there, but he's a resident of Massachusetts. Um, they, uh, They will issue an arrest for him, an arrest warrant. Uh, and, uh, and he'll be arrested. He'll be, uh, if he's in Massachusetts, he'll be, uh, brought down to, to Florida or whenever he sets foot back in the state, they'll arrest him there. And, um, essentially he'll be charged with, uh, two counts of, of solicitation, which is not once, but twice. Yeah. So the, 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 what's been leaked is that they have him on tape, um, 
uh, going to this establishment and, and uh, soliciting twice, okay? And apparently they have footage of, of the act in question, or the acts in question, right? And... Um, so that's like you talked last week, that's the smoking gun evidence that we don't know was there in the Colin Kaepernick case. In the collusion case. case, we don't know if there was actually collusion. To the extent there is a video of him, um, right, engaging in sexual activity with a, the spa personnel, uh, that seems like a smoking gun to me, right? And so... It's kind of the definition. <laughs> the, the thing with prostitution and solicit, solicitation is that it's not as big of a crime in terms of like jail time um that you would think or at least that maybe like at least like growing up you think like oh a prostitute like that's like huge criminal right at least like i kind of thought that like oh if you get caught with a prostitute you probably go to jail for a long time it's a second degree misdemeanor which is like a lower degree misdemeanor in in florida and like the maximum jail time you could receive is 60 days but most of the time... So, so say that again. The maximum jail time maximum, in Florida that Robert Kraft could receive for having this misdemeanor charge is how many days? 60 days in jail. Yeah. Okay. That's the maximum. That's like you have a history of doing bad things, right? We want to uh, set you straight, right? Obviously, whatever punishment we've given in the past isn't severe enough. Right. We're going to give you the maximum sentence. So in Robert Kraft's case, where he has a lot of money, he could throw at a settlement or something to keep him out of jail? Because I don't think Robert Kraft well, wants to go to jail. he's not going to pay any money to the cops. Like, he couldn't he couldn't settle with them monetarily. Gotcha. Right. But with the state, I mean. Because the state would be the one bringing the charges against him. Yeah, or, or the... yeah, but you wouldn't pay him off. I mean, that's like... That's... Yeah. So that's, it's, that's, it's, a, it's illegal to pay the cops. Right. So it's not like a civil suit where yeah. he could just throw money at it and make it go away. Right. But but what he could do is make it easy on the cops and plead guilty. Mm-hmm. Right. And have a reduced sentence. Right. So basically reach a deal that way with them. Yeah. He could be fined. Okay. Maybe that's what you're getting at. He could, yeah. He could be fined. Right. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were saying like pay, pay him money to make it no, go away. No, I don't away. mean like under the table, like slip a guy a okay. 20. Yeah. Like, no, and maybe yeah. give him one of those Super Bowl rings. Okay, sorry. He could be fined, but it would be statutory. There's like probably a statutory limit as to how much he could be fined, right? And that means, and that, would, and that means there's an established amount that he must pay for this type of crime kind of a thing. Yeah, a lot of crimes Like ha- a speeding ticket. Yeah, mo- a lot of crimes have a, 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 a maximum amount, just like a maximum 60 days. Maybe it's $2,000, $5,000, okay. whatever it is. So so the fact that he's wealthy shouldn't really factor into what what he is fined, if it if it is a fine and not jail time, and which it probably will be. I mean, in, in, in the police perspective, like the best thing that could happen is he pleads guilty, pays his fine, maybe has some community service, has to go to some like sexual harassment training, something like that. That's like has to paint graffiti in Florida. <laughs> that's Maybe all the Patriots sucks. Yeah, that's best case scenario for the police. Worst case scenario, he says, "No, I'm innocent. I don't care what you have on on tape." You don't go after a high profile a target as Robert Kraft unless you have some serious evidence. Yeah. and so if I don't think that's going to happen, but if he goes that route, here's here's why he's going that route. Is that the, the not guilty route? If he's saying I'm not guilty. And, and police have said, we have you on video performing these acts. And the Re- Patriots' representatives have denied this. So if they, if they keep... First of all, you're going to deny uh, until you see the evidence, right? It's just, it's just common sense. You deny, 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 you see the evidence, and then you decide, okay, we can't, we can't win this. And then you, you plead guilty, right? Or in a civil suit, then you settle, right? Not always because of that do you settle, as we talked about last week, but right. but this is a different situation. This is a criminal proceeding, and so um, 
he'll deny, deny, deny. And then when he sees the evidence, because just like in the civil suit where you have to turn over evidence, the discovery period, right? You have that in the criminal suit. You have to see what the state has against you or the county or the, the city, whoever's prosecuting you. Um, and if his attorneys determine that the evidence was collected illegally, like the 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 warrant or whatever the, the 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 forms that they had to fill out to set up the the videos or to access the video cameras if that was filled out incorrectly for example they could determine that that evidence is inadmissible in court right and so now all of a sudden if you don't have video evidence that you can enter and all you have is is someone's word then your case becomes much less strong right much it's a much weaker case um and if you you know if if Florida is a what they call a two-party consent state. I don't know if this applies here, but it's just interesting to know. There's if you some go states... to one party and your friends want to go to another party, you have to consent to go to that second party in case the first party is lame. That's a really that's a really good recap. There's a, there's another interpretation. Law school that, can't be that hard. <laughs> where I just nailed that for recordings. Oh, is it different? There's a, there's a separate interpretation. All right, let's go with your interpretation. Okay. Where um, for two-party consent st- states, for a recording to be admissible evidence, both parties have to be aware and consent to that recording. Hmm. Okay, so you can't. We can't have a private conversation that you're recording that you later use against me in court. Right. right? So not all states are like that. A lot of states, I think most states, are one party. So only I have to know that I'm recording both of us right but so if there's a warrant out though not a warrant but if, if there's a sting operation going on by law enforcement can't you for example if if robert Kraft was a person of interest in this sting or if this establishment was under surveillance anyway it was probably court approved that it was under um, observation or that the sting operation was going on so then if be, that, that establishment being under operation or if robert Kraft himself was under observation and it was already approved by a judge then all that evidence should be admissible, right? It should be to the extent all of that was done properly. Right. And so and so like you said, Robert's craft Robert Kraft's team, if this evidence exists about the videotapes and I can't imagine they would be lying about this in such mm-hmm. a high profile case, they're going to look through every single technicality they can to try mm-hmm. to get Robert Kraft off, try to demand a mistrial of some sort because yeah. evidence was collected improperly. Yeah. Or and- illegally. That's right. And I mean, if you watch any documentary, like any crime documentary, right, and they gets to like the trial phase, there's almost always some like cliffhanger moment where they realize the piece of evidence that would convict this person has to be thrown out because the police didn't follow the right procedure when they were collecting it. Or, you know, they, they took a, a swab of blood and it like they didn't do it the right way. Or they didn't store it the right way. It was contaminated somehow, you know, or even in like baseball, like steroid testing, right? If you have like urine that isn't like transported within like so much time you can't use it right it doesn't it's it doesn't count as a, a positive test so ryan braun actually went through that when yeah he tested positive he blamed the collector over and over and over again and said it was his fault i didn't do anything wrong it's this guy's fault he got tested again and was proven to have taken peds <laughs> yeah so so all, good look. all of that to say that Kraft may continue to deny until his his legal team sees the actual evidence and determines that it was collected properly and it you can clearly see that it's him. You know, maybe it's a shot of only his back, right? Like we don't know. We we haven't seen the video. Like very few people have. And maybe it's grainy footage, right? Maybe maybe it just doesn't show from the right angle, and you can make a legitimate argument that no, that's not me. Like 
I don't know. <laughs> I, I would love it if the Lord, but I imagine ha- I, what I hope happens, and I hope we hear about this later. I hope his legal team was like, we have no idea if this is Mr. Kraft. And they play the video, and he walks in, it's just as back. He goes, hello, I'm Robert Kraft, <laughs> owner of the Patriots. Robert Kraft is sitting in a tattoo parlor right now, getting a Queen of Diamonds on his le- right shoulder, right? And he's paying the tattooist. Uh, seven- tattooist? <laughs> tattoo- <laughs> tattooist. Whatever his tattooer. Tattoo person. Tat- what do you call him? Just keep going. I don't know. I think you're close. <laughs> artist? Yeah. Tattoo artist. Uh, My face is red from laughing Pay so the tattoo artist $7 million. $7 million to say, you put this tattoo on me three years ago. Right? So that when they're watching the video footage and the Queen of Diamonds is not on his right shoulder, you have one witness to say, no, it's there. I've seen it. I put it there three years ago. I hope he used a fake name. And I hope it's Richard Nabisco. <laughs> Robert Raft. Richard Nabisco. That's funny. <sighs> well, that was icky. So, okay. So, uh, let's, say, let's say he's guilty. Let's no say, more icky. No, no. Let's say... Mm. Here, this is the more we interesting part. To, yeah, the, we the more interesting part the, to me. The, the most icky part. We haven't even yeah. covered that. So, okay. He's a part of the NFL, right? He, obviously, he's an owner. I think he's the most visible owner besides Jerry Jones. Yeah. The, the league has a code of conduct mm-hmm. that... All players, owners, and personnel are subject to tattooist. <laughs> all tattoo, all NFL tattooists must abide by the NFL code of conduct. And essentially, it, it says we're not going to do any. You can't do anything illegal, and you can't do anything that would like impair the league's uh, perception. Protect the shield. Protect the shield at all costs, and that's Roger Goodell's mantra. Mantra mission, yeah, is to protect the NFL. Uh, and by protect, we mean maximize profit. Not a bad thing. Maximizing profit's a good thing. Sure. Um, and so, the only case, or the, the very few times where an owner has been penalized by the NFL. The most uh, recent one was uh, Jerry Richardson. Richards? Richardson? I can't remember. The, the, previous, the previous owner of the Panthers. Richardson. Richardson. He, um, he was... Let's say, like, informally pushed to sell his team because of, of the workplace environment that the, the Panthers had created. There Not was... before he had a giant statue of himself put out front of the stadium, though. <laughs> That's true. He wins. That's true. Um, and so, he, he, that, but that had to do with, like, actual NFL stuff, right? Like, it was the, the environment that, that they had created at their offices for their team. Okay. Uh, if you go back a few years, you get Jim Ursay who was uh, driving while intoxicated. I think he was on several prescription and non-prescription drugs and uh, entered rehab. And he was fined, oh, what was it? Maybe a couple million or 500000 It was or, a lot. I remember a, being surprised a lot by of money, the amount. But he was also suspended for like six games. I mean, he couldn't like go to the facilities or go to the games. Um, and it's a weird. That's a weird punishment. It is a weird punishment for an owner, right? Yeah. So, so if that's the precedent that you can force someone to sell a team, or you can suspend them and make them pay a whole bunch of money to the league, um, Kraft, assuming he's guilty, probably falls, I think, on the Ursay side and and not on the on the uh, Richardson, Richardson side. Um, I could see there being some type of payment to the league, uh, him like sponsoring some kind of. Uh, 
one of these one of these social justice initiatives that the league has been talking about. Yeah, yeah, donating a bunch of funds to a charity that helps uh, sex traffickers, not sex traffickers. No, don't help victims them. of sex sex trafficking. So and that's this is the extra icky part I was talking about earlier. Apparently, these aren't. Uh, it, it's the the women in these this establishment weren't just going there for a job. They weren't consenting to do this. Yeah, they were probably the way the report went was they were tricked into coming to the United States thinking that they were going to get legitimate jobs and then they were kind of trapped into having this job that they probably weren't getting paid for and that makes yeah. this extra icky and is raising eyebrows even more than it would have. Yeah, so reports that they are detained on sites. Essentially, they live their whole life at this spa somewhere in a back room. They're not, not allowed to leave and they're probably told that if you do leave, you'll be sent back to where you came from. The U.S. does have protection for people like this. They have, um, uh, what's it, the Defense Against Women Act, I think, DAWA, something like that, where if you're, if you're, even if you're not here legally, if you're being abused, if your your spouse or someone else is abusing, you can go to law enforcement and, and seek asylum, and 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 it's we we don't want anyone the the country as a policy doesn't want someone not reporting abuse because they're afraid that they may be deported, right? right. And so that would apply here. Um, but obviously they, you know, they don't know that. Right. They don't know that they could just run out, right, and find right. a cop. Um, and so that does make it, you know, whether you agree that prostitution should be legal or whatever, like this is not that situation. This is a situation where these women are held against their will, most likely. Right. Um, and it... Kraft probably didn't know that. I would assume he didn't know that. If he did know that, that's a totally different situation and a totally set of, different set of criminal charges. And um, in that case, yes, he'd be like expelled from the league, no questions asked. He'd be gone, erased from the record books, and no Hall to, of Fame. And sent to jail for a much longer time. That's right. Um, now, if this were a player, David, and the player was, and we're talking, you know, kind of simple solicitation, right? Whether it was consenting or non-consenting, the player didn't know, right? Let's just say the, the player picks up a prostitute. Okay? okay. Do we think the media and or league reaction is different for a player, any average player? You know, I think I think the owner of the Cincinnati Bengals, who I don't even know who that is or who it's ever been, <laughs> I don't think they would get the same punishment as a Robert Kraft would because so you think even among owners Kraft yes. is going to get beneficial or kind of favored century I'm not going to say favored I'm going to say it's his punishment would be worse because Kraft's he's so punishment. yes because he's so high profile right and and players have been caught doing things like this or worse in the league and they're still in the league yeah Ben Roethlisberger had an issue he's still in the league and doesn't really hear about it very much you know what I mean so high profile players have had similar things happen to them and they're still in the league after paying some fine or maybe being suspended, maybe not, because there was not any conviction or anything like that. But it's just, yeah. I really don't foresee anything serious happening to a player in a similar situation. In fact, I think it might be less of a punishment because of how low profile. But Robert Kraft is a special case when it comes to owners. Because mm -hmm. like I said, besides Jerry Jones, he is the most visible owner yeah. in the NFL. So I think this case is particularly um, hot particularly yeah. uh, complicated because of how well-known and how popular he is. I mean, he's won, a su he's won six Super Bowls for his organization in the past 20 years. He is the epitome of an NFL owner right now. 
And so him going out right now on a player standpoint would be as if Tom Brady got caught doing something like this. They're on the same on the same stat on you know similar stature yeah. when it comes to their and and fame. we know and we know from past precedent that when Tom Brady's been involved in a controversy, the league has come down hard, extra hard. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but this could be a long, long process. Okay, so it falls on me again to start this next topic, and this is one that we're gonna have to be careful with. Uh, and beforehand, we just we don't want to offend anybody. No, I think that yeah. has never, ever been our intention ever to offend anybody. So we're going to be very careful with how we tackle this next topic, but we feel like it's important enough that we need to talk about it. It's something that should be discussed and absolutely. discussed openly, right? Because yes. it affects, I think it affects everyone. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And more and more the last few years, and it's going to continue to change in the future. So apparently some people have been made aware of some transgender athletes in Massachusetts. Connecticut. Uh, Connecticut. Yeah. Who are winning uh, girls events in high school track. Mm -hmm. And this has made some people, uh, it started a conversation and the most high profile example of this is Martina Navratilova. Navratilova. That one. Yeah. Can you say that again for the people? Martina Navratilova. That's what I said. So yeah, Martina, she, she's uh, considered one of, if not the best, women's tennis players of all time. I think you probably put Serena up over now, or at least equal to her. But, um, and she was, when she was playing like in the 70s, she uh, she was openly gay and brought partners to matches. She had she actually had a trans coach. And um, and, and she's done a she, lot of good done, for those communities. a huge advocate for that community. Yes. Right? And so, um, I her comments to to this type of situation where where you have uh, trans athletes participating in female sports um she, this is this is word for word what she says she said to put the argument at its most basic a man can decide to be female take hormones if required by whatever sporting organization is concerned win everything in sight and perhaps earn a small fortune and then reverse his decision and go back to making babies if he so desires. It's insane and it's cheating. I am happy to address a transgender woman in whatever she form she prefers, but I would not be happy to compete against her. It would not be fair. So I think you can criticize some of the wording of what she said, um, or how she says it, but the, the, the sentiment is that it's an unfair advantage for someone who has the physiology of a man to compete with someone who has a physiology of a female in these sports where strength, speed, etc. win determine the outcome, yeah. right? Or at least heavily determine the outcome. Right. Um, and so it's tough. It's a tough debate, right? Because you have people, trans people who in their heart feel that they're not the gender they were born. Right. Okay. And when you have that feeling you want, and, and I, this is so hard for me to even talk about because right. it's such, it's, you know, it's foreign for me and, uh, but I'm just trying to put myself in their position. If, if I, if growing up, I felt like I was not my gender and I wanted to be, the other gender or I felt like I was the other gender not even just wanted to be but that, that that's who I was and by doing things participating with things associating with with people that would be common to that other gender and then I'm getting criticism for that 
I can see how that would be unfair to me. Right. And then imagine you loved sports and wanted to participate, but you were barred from playing the sports you wanted to as the gender you had chosen, and you really feel like you are, because of the rules and things like that. So it's it's very messy, it's very complicated, and I feel like as as we go forward, what might end up happening is when there are enough trans athletes, there might be a separate category for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you'll have the, the male athletes, you'll have the female athletes, and you'll have the trans male and the trans female athletes in their own categories. I feel like, but for right now, they have to compete somewhere because there aren't enough uh, openly trans athletes out there to put them in their own leagues and things like that. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's that's the solution. I don't know if that would be offensive to that community. And that's that's why I want to be very careful and, and, and say right from the beginning that our intention is not to offend at all, but of course to, to understand and try to present this information. That's yeah. all we're trying to do. And there are some people saying, well, let's let, let's let's set a level of testosterone, right? So if you have testosterone in excess of, of, of X amount, then you compete with, with the the men, right? right. And if you if your testosterone is lower than that, then you compete with, with the women. But there's going to be cases where there's someone who's born a, a man but has lower testosterone. Or, or a some woman, woman who has higher testosterone. That happened to a female track athlete. Caster Semenya. Yep. Yep. So yep. the same thing happened to her. Her testosterone levels were determined to be higher than that threshold that they had determined. And so they stripped her of medals and things mm-hmm. like that, which is unfortunate. And uh, I, I don't know. It's all so complicated and complex. Yeah. And I'm glad I don't have to be the one to kind of sort through this because it seems like such a difficult thing to get right. Yeah. At a, at a surface level, I think... Um, most people would agree that when there is a physiological advantage, so if a, if a man, if a boy slash man has gone through puberty, right, and they're, they have, um, they're, they're, they're developed as a man, that there is an inherent advantage, right? From a physical standpoint, there's an inherent advantage over a female, okay? If they haven't gone through that, now there are cases whatever your opinion on it, where someone will transition before puberty, mm. right? That case, In that case, it makes a little bit more sense to me that they would maybe compete with the sex that they transitioned into, okay? Um, but if, the reality is there's so few of these cases, yeah. right? I mean, like, every one of them makes news, and so you hear about it a lot, but it's because... It's so rare. It's because, and, and it's because we react to it, right? Yeah. Like it's a story that will get attention, and so every time it happens, it's going to rise to, uh, to you know, a national level. And so, I, but I, I have to agree with at least Navratilova's sentiment that it does seem unfair to to force women to compete against trans women in 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 sports, and it, you know, if. Again, put yourself in that situation or think about your daughters. And when they're competing, like, you know, if they were the absolute best and then someone starts, they start competing against someone who had recently transitioned, right? And uh, all of a sudden now they're losing, they lose out on scholarships, right? Um, they, they're they not able to say that they were the, you know, state champion in this and, and maybe that affects a college application. I mean, there's lots of things to consider, right? And... And if it's, you know, she, she makes the point of saying that you can, that it almost almost makes it nefarious, right? Where you can say that you're, 
I'm, I'm a male today, but I'm going to compete as a woman because, you know, I'm going to be a woman for this portion of time that I'm competing. I'm going to make a lot of money, become famous, and then I'm going to stop competing, and then I'm going to stop being female. I'm going to go back to being male, right? I think that was her comment saying you can go back to making babies, right? Yeah, that's what she meant. And um, how many of those people are actually out there? I mean, it hasn't I, happened yet. I don't know if it's happened, right? Uh, but th- th- that possibility exists, and it's, you know, it's a real real dicey complex situation i don't know we have any like really good answers for it and so often when you get can't get a good answer you just try and do what appeases most people and what kind of like at a base level just makes the most sense and and it feels like until this all gets sorted out that you kind of have to allow for fairness right i mean sports is is rooted in fairness right um, it's no fun to watch any kind of sport where there's an inherent advantage, right? I mean, people like to watch the Warriors, but like... <laughs> That's because it's a beautiful game of basketball that we play. Yeah, but if... But, but it's not a foregone conclusion It's not a foregone day. conclusion, no. And if, if if you feel like the sport you're watching is rigged, right? Or you, you, you definitely know the outcome just because, you know, it's a sumo wrestler and one's 300 pounds and one's 150 pounds, like you know who's going to win, right? It's just it's just a matter of of physiology. And so that's that's I guess kind of where I'm at. I don't know. Right. I, I feel like we need to give trans men and trans women a voice in this. Sure. What do what do they want? How do they want to be represented? And as long as they have a voice and as long as they're being heard, that should determine what's going on with these situations. They need to be heard. Their voice needs to be the major part of this, how they want to be represented, how do they want to compete. And as long as their voices are being heard, I think the situation will eventually be worked out. Hey David, it's a really good thing that we're paying college athletes. Zion, dear Zion, Zion should have got paid. (laughs) For the two of you that got that, you're welcome. So, Zion Williamson had a shoe explode. (laughs) The first person to point that out, President Obama. Yeah. He's sitting courtside and he looked good. Thanks, Obama. His retirement has been good for him, right? So there's there's a a gif of him. Peanut butter? Uh, there's a GIF of President Obama. And Jelly? Dude, if he had an endorsement deal with GIF. Who? President Obama? Yeah. Okay. Boom. Sells through the Rizoof. Don't know why I went Rizoof there, but I did. And I'm going to stick with it. Rizoof. So I've been watching a lot of New Girl lately. And the character Schmidt, I think, rubs off on me at real inopportune times. Like I was in my classroom the other day. And I went, all day. All day. And the students look at me like, what are you doing? And I was like, Schmidt, New Girl? No. Okay, moving on. So anyway, that was bad. Anyway, so President Obama was the first one to point it out. <laughs> His shoe broke, right? And uh, he was wearing Paul George's shoes, right? But the mm-hmm. biggest thing that happened as a result of this shoe breaking is that he hurt his knee. And luckily, it's come out that his uh, injury is kind of a minor injury. It's more of a knee sprain than anything else. And I'm sure the Duke training staff is pretty good. They'll take care of him. He'll be fine, right? I'll shoot him up with something. There's something that will get him some yak. Some yak spray. Some yak sprayers, some yak some ligaments yak. to wrap around that. He'll be fine. Shout out Colt Sawyer. <laughs> but I need some yak broth. Something, right? And uh, he'll be fine. 
But this raised the huge question again. It seems like it comes up every year. Why isn't he getting paid if his injury was worse? If he would have tore his ACL because of a shoe breaking? Well, they were talking about tickets for the game uh, going for like the cheapest, like two thousand dollars a ticket. Twenty five hundred a ticket. Twenty five hundred cheapest. The cheapest seats, twenty five hundred. Yeah, and uh, and the athletes saw zero. Right. Yeah. I mean, okay. There's the the, the old argument. You get room, you get bored, you get education. It's not proportional. And that's what no, people will never, <laughs> ever understand. It is not proportional at all. And that's the argument that most people are making. It's not that they aren't getting benefits. They are getting benefits. But that's like saying, don't worry, I'll go to work as long as you give me medical insurance. Mm-hmm. And that's ridiculous. You would not ever agree to go to work and spend 40 hours a week or more at your job just so you can get medical insurance. You're going to want to get paid on top of that. And it's it's one thing if you're there to get an education and basketball's enabling that, right? It's another thing where you have uh, many of these D1 athletes, especially in basketball, you know coming into any given year that there's 15 freshmen, 20 freshmen that there are only there because they have to be, they have to be a year removed from high school to enter the NBA draft. And so a lot of them choose to play at college, right? Yeah, they, play, they choose to play at college because they're going to be on ESPN, right? right? And Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic has the solution to just go play in Europe is what he said. Yeah, and, and that may work for some, but that's a that's a whole cultural thing. You you know, I, I don't know if many parents would be excited about sending their 18-year-old kid over to Europe for a year. Navar Ball would send his toddler to Europe to play basketball. Yeah, um, but 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 going the NCAA route is by far the more popular way. But you're there because I mean, all you have to do is go to classes for one semester, right? Really? Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the tournament's over, you're done, right? And so it's taking like a classroom seat away from someone, right? Who would actually want to be in the classroom? Not now again. If you if there are players who want to be in the classroom and they're going to class, awesome, that's great. But there are some that would rather just get paid. They'd rather just like be in a semi-pro league or something, right? Or they'd rather just go straight to the NBA. Right. right? And Zion Williamson was physically ready to be in the NBA. Yeah, and so the fact that we're we're making these these athletes go to college or at least be we one year removed from high school before they can enter their profession, what other profession? I mean, there's NFL. There's I guess legitimate arguments there that they're not physically mature but why not let that be the decision of the athlete right let that be the decision of the athlete their family their agent and if they feel like they're ready if they feel like they can handle the the beating of a professional schedule let them do it right and if they can't like if they can't if they say they can't handle it ncaa why don't you relax your rules and let them come back to college right like who does that hurt so now they've, they've relaxed that a little bit you can get an agent and if you don't get drafted you yeah. can go back and play which is a nice change but how how is college sports not indentured servitude? You don't have an answer. It doesn't feel like indentured servitude, but I was gonna say voluntary, but that's voluntary. Hmm. Hmm. I stumped the attorney. Um. Well, let's think. Uh, I guess you can leave at any time, right? Sort of. But in order to well, get where you, you want can. to go, in order to get where you want to go, you have yeah. to fulfill your end of the bargain, which is kind of what indentured servitude in some cases is. Yeah. Okay. But but I think I think there is still now. It's not it's not as extreme. Right. It's, it, of course, it's not as extreme. But I think 
the comparison's a good one because you're forcing these young men to participate in something that is not monetary, monetarily beneficial for them, but is extremely monetarily beneficial for other parties involved. Mm-hmm. It's basically adults and millionaires and billionaires making more millions and more billions off of the free labor of young men and young women. Yes. Okay. If I'm going to provide a counter argument, I could say that that even though even though they're not being paid now, the exposure that Zion Williamson's getting and some of these other college athletes are getting um, is the reason they're able to sign multi-million dollar shoe deals as soon as they graduate, right? And were it not for for ESPN and the NCAA having a partnership, uh, they may not be getting that exposure, right? I just I, I, it, I understand. It, yeah. You understand, and that might not be your opinion, but you're just just presenting the other argument. argument. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. But I, I really feel like if the best interest of the students was really what they had in mind, these kids would have a lot more protections and they would have opportunities to earn outside of the game. And even if even if they could only make money off of jersey sales for their team or whatever, if they got a cut of jersey sales, and that was all they got. So if you, you could buy a Zion Williams Williamson journey, jersey, I mean, and he would get... Five percent of those sales, or whatever. Yeah. Or There's just, be a way to monetize just don't even, them. just don't even have the school. The schools don't have anything to do with it. Schools shouldn't be playing, paying players, but don't bar them from making money outside of the the school, right? Cause, if cause, there's a booster that wants to pay them twenty thousand dollars, great. If 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 Nike wants to sign them to a shoe deal now, awesome, right? If Gatorade wants to put them in a commercial, perfect. Like, why are we stopping them from making money if it's not going to? Um, if they're still going to class, they're f- still fulfilling otherwise you know, all the other NCAA rules, right? Like, let them play for the college, but let them make some money on the side. And even if you, you had to be a sophomore in order to start earning this, right? So freshmen that are one and done, they're getting paid in the NBA right away anyway. Maybe you require that you have to be a sophomore playing in your second year at that sport or that college to start taking endorsements and stuff like that. I don't know. That way players can weigh. It's like, well, I'm not quite ready for the NBA, but I want to get paid. Well, maybe I can stay in college another second, third mm-hmm. year and try to improve my game, but I can also make some real money that I think I deserve to make. And that might mitigate some of yeah. these disaster stories I where think- players aren't good enough to go to the NBA after their first year, but they try and then they fail out of the league. Yeah. They can still earn their money when they have earning potential in college. Yeah. I, yeah. I just think like, why, why do we have to have so strict rules about this? Right. It, it's unfair. It, it, it's making the the wealthy people who have earned that wealth, but it's abusing the bodies and the abilities of young people who aren't getting paid to further enrich themselves. So an interesting thing about this whole situation that I don't think has been talked about enough. So uh, Zion Williamson was wearing a Paul George signature shoe. Which is Nike. So he calls Nike and he's like, what's going on? What can we do? Like there's anything he can do or he was involved with the shoe at all. But, Paul George calls Nike. Yeah, he called Nike. Uh that wasn't a setup for a joke or anything. He actually called Nike and was like, well, what's going on? So I'm sure what Nike told him was like, hey, this is what's going to happen. You're going to get into a double overtime game against the Jazz, and you're going to hit the highest teardrop over the league's best shot blocker to win the game in double overtime. And he was like, okay, click. And then that's what he does. <laughs> and point to your shoe afterwards. Right? So everyone's going to, like, his shoes are fine. It's just the torque, Simon, the torque on a, that shoe. He's a big boy. Yes. And the torque on that shoe must have been crazy like they need to do one of those sports science things or like the Mythbusters need to like do a re- like how much force was he putting on that shoe and it's a wonder that every shoe he has ever worn hasn't just exploded off of his foot he needs those um those five five toe ones Ooh, gross my <laughs> wife uses those sometimes i'm always like i love you those are weird <laughs> 
This has been the Subjectively Correct Sports Podcast. Please like, review, and subscribe for more awesome podcasts like this one.